Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Nintendo Switch Sports crashes every time it tries to be active. Same. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including more on the Bayonetta voice actor being replaced. And then on Thursday, we are determining our Pokemon starter type with special guest Jeremy Schmidt. But in the meantime, Mark, how's it going? It's going great. I got, finally, my real ID, my kind of like uh, driver's license Driver's license plus plus <laughs> yeah. that I can use starting next year to uh, like board airplanes and right. that sort of thing. Starting next year, you will need it. Yeah, that's to board right. Airplanes. Yeah, and um, so just I'd, in the state of California, is that everywhere? Everywhere, right? So I'd been putting it off uh, for a while, but I finally went in and did it. It, it was super easy. It was super not that easy. bad. Here's the thing: you just had to be the person who goes in there with all the information, like ready to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That made a big difference. But so when I first moved to LA, you know, I got my california driver's license and you know i get i get it in the mail and the picture is like i don't really look like that right and so um (laughs) this is not what i look like did they send you like a picture of somebody else no it was me just just a picture of you that looked weird just like looked weird i was like okay like this is not a good representation of what i look like and so when i go in for the real id opportunity to take a new picture you know i'm right i'm like prepared and so i get my real id and Patrick, it looks exactly the like I'm making the same facial expression. What? I look exactly the same, but with different hair. And this is disconcerting because now I'm like, is, is that this just what, what you I look, look like? like? Is I'm, this how here, other people see me? He, here's the commonality between those two things: is those are both you. Those are both pictures of you after being in the DMV for like 45 minutes, right? <laughs> It takes its toll. It ages people. It, <laughs> I, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I I'm, think beginning, that's... I'm beginning to get nervous that this is just what I look like to no, people. No, that's just DMV you. Don't, okay. don't let that... Mark, don't let that affect you, okay? <laughs> that's just you after being at the DMV. I Did you have to take a driving test, either like behind the wheel test or like a written test at any point when uh, getting your license for California? Yes. When I first moved to California, I had to take a written test. I didn't have to do a driving test. Yeah. I Same for me. Um, my buddy Ethan just moved to uh, Oregon and he <laughs> was told by like a friend of his that they had to take a, a written test. And so he was like studying and like for a written test and then they didn't make him take one. Oh, nice. Well, in at least in California, my memory anyways is that because I went, didn't like study or anything before I went, but it was an open book test. I don't remember it being open book. So it was more just like I find, did, I, yeah, find the it, answer. Yeah. I mean, it's all stupid anyway. Cause <laughs> it's all like just how good are you at taking a test? How good are you at cramming 15 minutes before uh, it's time for you to take a written test? Right. Speaking of how good at cramming are you, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, would you like to borrow it and play it for as long as you want? You can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Give us a mailing address. We can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, you play it for as long as you want. We send it back. I have paid for postage both ways uh, in advance. You don't have to pay for anything. You play the game for as long as you want. It's a perfect borrowing program. There may 
be a copy of Untitled Goose Game. Uh, in the box, it's clearly labeled Sonic Forces. has a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog right on, on the cover of it. Untitled Goose Game inside. Sorry. Uh, that's part of the program. It doesn't make it any less perfect. I think I've said this before, but I'm repeating it uh, maybe to try to will it into existence, although I have the power to do this at any time. I feel like we should get a map of the world or the United States and, and where like it has shade, been. Yeah. Yes, and like shade in mm-hmm. everywhere that Sonic Forces has been. Uh, I think it'd be funnier if we just put big red X's on this <laughs> on the states that it's been to. It feels You're more right, menacing that, is better. that way. <laughs> that is better. That is better. Uh, another thing that you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcast. We appreciate it so much when you do. It helps people find the show. Patrick and I really love reading your reviews. Thank And if you leave us a five-star review on the US Apple Podcast Store, we can see it, and we will give you a shout-out on the show, just like we're giving a shout-out right now to Kyle B. Diamond. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, thank you so much for your review. Um, uh, It was just a really nice, kind review, so thank you so much. Yeah, thank you to everyone who's left us uh, kind, thoughtful reviews. Thank you also to just like the dashed off reviews. Those are great too. (laughs) Yeah, also we love them all. We love them all. So if you leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast Store like Kyle did, uh, we will give you a shout out on the show like we just gave to Kyle. And if you leave us a review anywhere else, we can't see it, but we still want to give you that shout out. So let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email. It's not bragging. No, it's definitely not bragging. It's just being informative. I do like to imagine the person that's like, "Oh, I want to tell them that I left a review, but I don't want to brag about the review I left." I think that's I think that's a funny that's a funny character. I like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You could also let us know that you've done this uh, on our Discord. Uh, you can join the Nintendo Cartridge Society Discord by sending us a message on any of the platforms. You can send us messages on. We will send you an invite, and you can come in and have great, com- great, chill. Uh, kind conversations about the stuff going on in the world of Nintendo. Um, meet up with people to play Splatoon together uh, and just have an overall great time. It's a great community. You should join it. Um, all right, Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, is that the sound of you and me being broken records? Because I think... I fixed it now. <laughs> I think we've mostly played the same things this week as we have, as we have in, in weeks past. I th- uh, I think that is mostly true. Mostly I, true. So I will say that um, I the past couple of weeks I talked about wanting to meet up with friends and play Salmon Run, and I had a chance to do that this past week uh, with members of the discord that could be you if you're not in the discord yet and would like to play salmon run with mark and i've got to say it is way more fun with friends um than i and i love salmon run by yourself but it is very fun with friends because when there were times where we wiped really early or i would make stupid yeah like i fell into the water so we had so many high tide (laughs) scenarios and i fell into the water so often um, there was one time where we needed one egg left and the like time was counting down and I was like, I'm going to be the hero. Like I had an egg. Yeah. I was on my way and I just, I heroically jump and land right in the water <laughs> that I should have known was right there. And then we wiped, but it was still a blast and hoping to be able to meet up with people soon. But, um, the other thing that I've been playing that we haven't talked about previously yes. 
is Pilot Wing 64, which became available on the Nintendo Switch Online uh, Plus expansion pack last week. I've started playing, and this is really my first time playing Pilot Wing 64. I don't know why, Patrick, but with a lot of these retro games, I go into them with the mindset that it's like, oh, this is from like 20 years ago. This is going to be super easy. You know, like I'm just going to like super easy. Yeah, I'm just going to like get this right. Like I'm just going to be able to like pick it up and it's not going to be a problem. Well, like the opposite is true, (laughs) especially like Pilot Wing 64. You start it up and you see like uh, there's like three beginning challenges, Mm -hmm. one for the hang glider, one for the jetpack, one for the gyrocopter and then nine challenges underneath, like three more for each. And you're like, oh, this is going to take this is going to take an afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The this game is so specific in what it wants from you yes and um each like each of the uh three modes of transportation play so differently yes and it's all it's about just like and yes like in you go into one of the challenges and there's actually like five challenges within it so it's not necessarily but it is so much like trial and error Yes. where you're just trying to figure out like how exactly should i be using this hang glider what's the best way to accomplish this there like the second challenge with the hang glider is you're supposed to fly by um in this kind of like open world environment and you're supposed to fly by a uh like oil refinery and get pictures of the flame that's coming out of like the top sure and um and then land and i i must have spent like hours trying to you know like get get this right and it's only the second challenge so i don't know it's uh it's funny because the music in pilot wings is so 64 is so kind of like relaxing especially for the hang glider and chill and just which it has to be to counterbalance just like how frustrating it is to try and achieve these goals uh uh-huh i mean i i I had that same relationship with the original pilot wings on the super nintendo where uh like it is, and I don't think the music is as uh, calming. Or uh, is there even music in the original Pilot Wings? There is, is it, yeah. Is it just like sound effects? Um, I, I I feel like that's much more stressful uh, in every aspect, um, and just like the general like cleanup of having real three D graphics in Pilot Wing sixty four does a lot to just like alleviate that and make it look like you're in a somewhat real environment. Well, there was like I again I think this is like the second or third jetpack challenge. You're in an area that was unrecognizable at first, and then you go around with some of the buildings. It's kind of like a downtown area with a beach and some mountains. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, like this is nice. And then you go around one of the buildings, and I saw like the Hollywood sign oh. on the hills, and I'm like, oh, is this down to like is this Los Angeles? And then one of the big towers has a goal on it, and you're like, I think this is the U.S. Bank building. That's cool. Yeah, it was kind. It was uh, it was kind of neat. L.A. Noir before L.A. Noir. Yeah, there we go. Existed. Um, Take that, L.A. Noir. <laughs> <laughs> it's meticulously recreated bridges and tunnels of downtown. Uh-huh. Um, you can do the. You can ride the angel flight in that thing. Can you really? I don't know. <laughs> um, the uh, one thing that came up in the news last week was the question of did Pilot Wing sixty four get like a frame rate boost when it released on Switch? And seemingly no reporting on that since. The no, game was I I was trying to figure it out today because I've been playing it and I hadn't even thought about this until we were putting the news together for today's episode, and I was like, oh, 
wait, like what actually happened with that? So I searched to see if there was any follow-up, but yeah. there wasn't. All the articles are from, from a week ago. The release. And then I, so I went to Game Explain, which posted the original video that kicked off this conversation, and they don't have any updates, but on Twitter, on the day it re- uh, Pilot Wing 64 released on Switch, they retweeted their previous video. And so I guess... W- it seems like it, maybe? I mean, so uh, because I was also curious, I turned on the game uh, well before we started rolling just to be like, can I eyeball this? Um, and look, is my eye well-trained enough to uh, determine whether it's 60 or 30 frames? No, of course not. Um, but it did seem pretty smooth to me. Like, yeah. It did not read to me like a Nintendo 64 game. Um just the the ease with which the camera kind of like floats through that space. It seems like it might be nearer to sixty frames. You also pointed out um, that the character Lark. There are six yeah. characters yes. for you to choose from, and the character Lark looks a lot like Nestor from Nestor's Funky Bowling and from uh, yes, from so- Nestor's Funky Bowling <laughs> from the old Nintendo Power uh, comic strip uh, Howard and Nestor. And even though he is named Lark. That's just in the English uh, translation because they named all of the characters after birds, but it is in fact Nestor. Um, is so okay. Nestor appears in Pilot Wing sixty four, and he appears obviously in Nestor's Funky Bowling. Does he appear in any other games or just those two? I don't know. Hopefully, it's more because then someday we can do a r- definitive ranking of all of the <laughs> games that <laughs> I mean, Nestor appears. We'll have in. to get our hands on a Virtual Boy, but yeah, it's uh, I, I think I think we could do that. Um, I continue to play uh, Shovel Knight Dig uh, as though it is the only video game in existence. I don't have anything new to say about it other than I really, really like it. And uh, you'll never get me to stop playing it, Mark. You'll never get me to stop. Someday I'll just stop on my own. I have been listening to a lot of um, Shovel Knight music lately. Um, uh, Anton's in the uh, Discord pointed out that the Plague of Shadows um, soundtrack is, uh, so that's one of the campaigns from the original Shovel, Shovel Knight, uh, is good, like, spooky Halloween-y music. Um, and uh, so I, I gave that soundtrack a listen and then, like, have just been listening to the rest of them uh, sort of on repeat. Uh, and so I've just been, like, immersed in Shovel Knight stuff, and I love it here. I don't, I, I, I love being in the Shovel Knight world. Yeah, it, uh that sounds awesome. Um, it did make me realize that we don't have a another sh- like a future Shovel Knight game. Coming oh, out is, was this it? This is it. I oh. mean, there may be another one that they haven't announced yet or something. Well, but... I just remember uh, probably a few years ago when they had that big reveal with like multiple right. Shovel Knight adjacent projects, and it's kind of crazy that this is the last one. Yeah, I mean, because well, with like uh, the King Knight and the um, Shovel Knight Showdown sort of rounding out the uh, the treasure trove, and then uh, Pocket Dungeon and Pocket Dungeon is that the name? puzzle pocket dungeon maybe pocket dungeon is right um and shovel knight dig like that's it that's that's the end of it wow um hopefully we see more shovel knight in the future but who knows um mark that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week couple of big releases this week. So on today, Tuesday, October 18th, Them's Fightin' Herds is released on Switch. I'm so excited about Them's Fightin' Herds, Mark. Uh, I've I've been eyeballing this one for years as it's been on uh, re- released on Steam and slowly like having characters and game modes and stuff added to it. This is the fighting game that's 
Uh, all of the characters are like My Little Pony ripoff characters. Um, so there's like a, a, a fawn, there's a, uh, a unicorn, there's a zebra, all this kind of stuff. Um, and it has uh, a reportedly a very like fun and engaging single player mode. Uh, so I'm going to dig right into this. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for Them's Fighting Herds. Awesome. And then on Thursday, October 20th, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope is released. And Gas Station Simulator is coming to the Switch eShop. We talked just last week about uh, my love of these really specific simulation games. Yeah, your love of like the concept of them. Oh, it's, yeah. It's not like Sorry. you're picking them up and playing. That is such an important <laughs> distinction. Uh, but I love that these exist for the... And Gas Station Simulator looks a little bit different from like the um, uh, bus driving simulation from last week, where this one seems to be a little more tongue-in-cheek, I would say, mm. than some of these simulators are. But it is st- the premise of it is still that you are... Uh, taking over you like buy this gas station in a like rural part of the desert and you know are rebuilding it to however you want to do that yeah um also i would be remiss if uh last week while we were talking about my love of this concept you asked me what my ideal simulation game would be and And i said theme park i i said theme park and i said oh is roller coaster tycoon just that but I, but the answer upon th- further reflection is no, because Roller Coaster Tycoon is just the fun parts of That's running right. a That's theme right. park. But what I really want, and what I would want in enormous air quotes, is like it's like theme park operations simulator where right. you're worried about yield and throughput, and you know, like all of uh, just the operational aspects right. you of want running to, a theme park. You want to be given a park already with its inherent problems and just figure out how to and manage just like it. An, Excel, an enormous Excel spreadsheet where I can try to figure out how to optimize operations. Should we talk about Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope? <laughs> I suppose we could. <laughs> this is the sequel to Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um, I'm uh, excited for this game. I do, like, it, there is some part of me that's like, Patrick, if you can wait like six months, it's oh, going to be know. $10. And I don't even know if it would have to be that long, honestly. Yeah. I you mean, the, the last one dropped in, is is frequently available for $15. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just wondering if I can like hold out and play it, play it later. Yeah. I, I really I am right there with you. I really don't know what to do because on Friday, Persona right. 5 Royal is released on Switch. And I I really don't know what to do here. Right. Um, because I agree with you completely that... I think Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. I really liked the first game. I'm looking forward to this game. Um, But I do think if you can hold out like two months, January, you know, like it's going to be at a pretty steep discount. And so like, why not? Why not try to wait it out? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's going to be my move too. I mean, honestly, I'm still addicted to Shovel Knight, so like, <laughs> what? What's Plus the point of picking up another game? Herds. I got them fighting herds coming up. Uh, I'm probably gonna pick up the uh, Gotham Knights uh, when that comes out on uh, PlayStation Five. Uh, play some multiplayer Batman Arkham style. Like, yeah, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So why not wait until? Why not wait until a different? Yeah, yeah. Until it drops. Maybe there's a. Um... Uh, lull in new releases i don't know i don't know but i'm also i'm i might get too hyped up and just end up 
buy yeah, it even I if mean, I that, uh, that, that does also even happen. if I can't play it right now. Uh, speaking of games going on sale, uh, there is a try before you buy sale in effect until October twenty fifth. Um, and before we dig into it, I don't know what try before you buy means. It has in, a demo. It has a demo. That's that that's the connection between Got all it. of these. Got it. That makes perfect sense um so a lot of a lot of first party games are uh on sale um including games that don't normally go on sale metroid dread is uh 42 bucks that's the lowest price we've ever seen for it um warioware get it together 35 bucks uh yoshi's crafted world 42 um some other stuff i i can't believe that uh sushi striker is still 35 dollars. Ooh, sushi striker that is the name i have not heard a long time in a very long time yeah of course i know him he's me <laughs> um yeah and th- th- there's other cool stuff on here uh dragon quest 11 s echoes of elusive page definitive edition is, is 35 bucks although for uh, the nintendo switch for the nintendo switch thank you um although it is also part of uh playstation plus's like free games this this month mm, so like mm-hmm. and it was on game pass recently uh so like Everyone else has been able to sample it for basically free. <laughs> Raymond Legends Definitive Edition, ten bucks versus forty. If you want a sneak peek at this weird, this uh, weird character named Raymond who is going to make a cameo appearance in uh, Mario Plus Rabbids. That's right. Sometime in the future. Um, Box Boy, Box Girl is seven bucks. It's normally ten. Uh, Arms forty two. Uh, ch- check it out. There, there are a lot of uh, a, lot, a lot of games in there that are uh, good, interesting, fun games. Uh, Mark, do you have a, do you have like a recommendation from from this list? Uh, everybody, let's just buy Metroid Dread. Let's all just buy Metroid Dread. What a great recommendation! <laughs> all right, Mark, let's close this out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time. For 433, in 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, you are going to you've you've got a another spooky quiz for me. That's right. Uh, our October, the month of quizzes, continues. So, Patrick, we're going to pick a bunch of food for a Halloween party, and we'll guess it'll that will determine your deepest fear. Oh, okay. Food for a Halloween party will determine my greatest fear. Yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, first things first, who, and I'm, this is, um. Yeah, you're reading verbatim yeah, from the quiz. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? But in- also, first thing is first. I agree with this. <laughs> who are you inviting to the feast? Hmm. Uh, your closest friends. 10 to 15 people. These are separate answers. Okay. Friends and family. Uh-huh. The whole block. Just you. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Just your dog slash cat slash pet. Uh-huh. Or whoever shows up. What? Yeah. That's... that's Just leave your door that, open. That, 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 With that an arrow a like a wily coyote. <laughs> Free food. I'm going to paint an open doorway <laughs> on the wall of my... Okay, no. Just my friends. The first one. Okay. My closest friends. Yeah. Pick an appetizer to get the party started. Ooh. Spooky pigs in a blanket. No. Caramel corn, a Halloween-themed charcuterie board, appetizing meat and cheese eyeballs. It's a like a rosette of meat and cheese with a, a um. Oh, they're a, pictures with like an olive. Okay, in okay. the middle. Yeah. Also, uh, did you say caramel corn? Caramel corn. Oh, okay, but what is that? Caramel corn? Like candy corn? No, it's uh, popcorn that has like 
oh, caramel sauce. Oh, I see. For whatever reason, I my brain was like, does he mean like a caramel apple? Oh, like, I, I see. I, no, I was, I was such a hard time. I was very excited to introduce you to the concept of caramel. <laughs> no, I know it's caramel amazing. Corn. We'll go with caramel corn. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, let's see. What drinks will you be serving? Eyeball punch, pumpkin teenies, spooky mocktails, bloody marys, pumpkin spice shakes, or sodas? Sodas. <laughs> Pick your main dish. Pizza, burgers and hot dogs, spooky spaghetti and meatballs, sandwiches, chicken wings, and do-it-yourself taco bar. Now, what in what way is the spaghetti spooky? The meatballs have, like, uh, pretzels sticking out of them and googly eyes, so... Uh, I gotta go with the taco bar. Okay. I mean, it's... It, I mean, first of all, there are a lot of meat options in there, and I'm not gonna be serving meat at a party that I'm hosting. Uh-huh. I guess if it's a taco thing that there can be, like, you can put meat in the sure. taco, you know, but I, I don't want to be left out of a... Well, you could also use, entree. like, like uh, a meat substitute, and I don't know that anybody would be able to tell the difference in a taco bar. Is too spooky? Whoa, oh, I see. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They're too scared <laughs> to notice whether they're eating meat or not. Pick a side to serve with the main course. Okay. Fries, mac and cheese, spooky veggie dip, mozzarella sticks, onion rings, or cheesy bread. I, I have to say. I'm a little unnerved that there's only one of these is labeled as spooky. I, I completely agree with you. That like, exactly. Why, why not spooky mac and cheese? That, that's what my note was going to be entirely. Uh, I need to hear all the options again. <laughs> Fries. Oh, sorry. I think it's because they can only find stock photos mm. for one thing that had like a spooky element. Fries. I mean, you just put like a little bat in in the picture, and then it becomes spooky. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. <laughs> Fries, mac and cheese, spooky veggie dip, mozzarella sticks, onion ring, cheesy bread. Mozzarella sticks. Okay. Mozzarella uh, sticks may be the perfect appetizer. I think they're gross. How about dessert? I don't understand. <laughs> Caramel apples, spooky cake, and the spooky cake it appears to be a chocolate cake with um just a ton of candy corn on top. Sure. Halloween cupcakes, pumpkin cookies. Dirt and worms pudding cups, or just a ton of candy? Uh, the, the Halloween cupcakes. Halloween cupcakes. Okay. Just a ton of candy would be my se- second place. Finally, what movie are you going to watch while you eat? Okay. Hocus Pocus, Scream, Mean Girls, The Haunted Mansion, the 2003 Eddie Murphy version. Sure. Um, the Conjuring... Or the Adams Family, not the animated one, the one from the nineties. Uh, this has got to be Scream. Scream. There was one time that we hosted a, 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 a an Easter brunch where we uh, uh, watched Scream. Okay, here <laughs> is your greatest fear. Okay, great. Not being good enough. Who boy, I feel seen on that one. Does it explain why? <laughs> no, no, I, it should. I wish I could show you the thread, and it's like, well, because you didn't choose the spooky veggie dip. Right, right. <laughs> Everybody immediately gets funneled into. I mean, it could just be that that's what it's like, just like everyone's greatest fear is not being good enough. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't matter what you choose in this quiz. Uh, the the recording has completed. There was no applause. We were accompanied today by a, a variety of performers directed by Sam Vladimirsky. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Last Friday, Nintendo posted a notice on their Twitter accounts that online play for Nintendo Switch Sports would be temporarily taken offline to resolve a bug introduced with update version 1.2.1 that rolled out like earlier in the week. So Friday, I think it rolled, the update started happening on Thursday and on Friday is when they posted the notice and took down online play. Because basically what's happening is that the game crashes when trying to load a match. And that was happening in offline and online play. Mm. So they've pulled the update. Offline play is not available at all. We're recording this on Saturday. So it's only been one day 
since you know they published this update and or sorry it's been one day since they pulled the update right and hopefully by the time this episode goes live on tuesday the issue will be resolved but it has not been as of now um if you didn't have your switch on on like during the period between them issuing the update and uh like getting the do like did 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 my copy of switch sports get updated so i yeah i don't know um maybe maybe it did maybe it did who knows (laughs) right i mean usually when i haven't played a game in a long time and i like go to play it again it's like we're gonna download the update is that cool and i'm like yes that's yeah and i guess in this case even if you hadn't Either way, down uh, online is down. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but maybe you would still be able to play single player like offline mode, right? Which I don't know that I could do right now because I know for sure that I this downloaded got this update got downloaded on my Switch. Mm. Um. Well, that so that is. Uh. I mean, I guess it's good that they like caught it and pulled it. Um. But like, yeah, it's it's weird for a, especially for like a Nintendo product to have an update go out that then like makes the game uh crash a bunch yes really unfortunate this wasn't the update that included golf it was just more like a patching and balance update don't blame golf that's right that's still coming later stop blaming golf (laughs) (laughs) last week we talked about jennifer hale taking over for voice actor helena taylor as the voice of bayonetta in bayonetta 3 and at the time we repeated what game director yusuke miyata's um had said in an interview, quote, various overlapping circumstances were the reason that for the switch. But over the weekend, Taylor posted a video to social media explaining that the reason she did not return for the third game was that she would only she was only offered four thousand dollars to play the role in for all of her work. Yeah. Uh, for the and, whole game. And in the same post she urges fans to boycott Bayonetta three. Uh, so a, a, a new wrinkle here, uh, you know, b- before you and I, I think we're both a little bit dubious of the explanation, various overlapping circumstances. Um, but now, uh, it is interesting to get the account straight from, uh, Taylor's mouth that they didn't offer her enough money, um, to, to play the role. Um, she's got, a, a several tweet thread, like with, uh, separate videos sort of like explaining, um, what happening and sort of like justifying her stance of like, no, I'm a professional actress and, you know, I've trained and I'm worth more than uh, $4,000 to do uh, a whole game's worth of VO, which is hard to argue with. Um, uh, it's been interesting to see sort of the, uh, again, we are recording this on Saturday, so like who knows uh, if uh, anything has changed um, since then. Um, but to see just like other voice actors uh, like chipping in with their own stories about uh, sort of getting screwed um, on the video game side of things. Um, I saw uh, Sean uh, Chiplock, who's the voice of Rivali in Breath of the Wild, um, saying that he made between uh, two and $3,000 uh, voicing the, the characters that he uh, voiced in Breath of the Wild, which are Rivali and like two other characters. He, he uh, I, I'm sure it's out there, but he didn't specify in the tweet. Um, and then as a point of comparison, he also mentioned that he did uh, voice work, uh, two separate off-screen lines uh, in the movie de- de- Detective Pikachu, for which he was paid two day rates, so uh, $950, and then gets uh, like residuals, royalties, um, off of uh, uh, his performance in that because the union for voice actors in movies is 
exists uh and there's uh not the same representation in in games and he said that he uh, yeah, uh, quote yes my two off-screen lines in detective pikachu have made me more money than all of breath of the wild did yeah it's an important note that you know voice actors and perf- like m- motion capture artists and things like that do not get residuals from video games they are most often not represented by unions right. um and so they don't they don't have those opportunities they don't have those rights it is it's yeah, it's just kind of crazy when you think, you know, two to $3,000, and that is for a game that continues to sell, you know, like, extremely yes. well, and you don't get any of the additional benefit, you know, of all of those additional copies sold that are benefiting from your work. Yep, yep. So, you know, the the, the whole thing is, uh, uh, the whole thing kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, and if not one for, uh, I would say... Um, tact. Tact. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Uh, Hideki Kamiya, the creator of the Bayonetta series and uh, notorious kind of Twitter grump, loves to block people willy-nilly, has reacted to criticism of the studio's decision to replace Taylor with uh, his signature harshness. He quote tweeting and then blocking anyone he doesn't want to deal with. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, like j- in some situations where, you know, where people are complaining about something in a game uh, that is trivial, it is kind of funny, but here just feels a little tone deaf. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's definitely tone deaf. Um, <laughs> it is it is also just like the way the guy functions on Twitter. So like uh you know I, I I don't think it makes a lot of sense to like lose it at him necessarily. Right. Um but yeah, it's not uh he's not helping anything. And really, you know, this is a I guess a developing situation. Yeah. You know, um and there's a ton we don't know. So like, you know, Hale's knowledge of the situation, if there were actually other circumstances that uh, prevented Nintendo from, or I guess Platinum, I don't really know how yeah, that works, knows. from uh, hiring Taylor again. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot we don't know. Yeah. But clearly games continue to be a tricky business with uh, a lot of under-organized labor. Yeah, and you know, not just in the, not just from the performers, but like kind, kind of all around. Uh, something for us to be cognizant of all the time that uh these games require you know labor from all kinds of directions and uh you know not most of them are not organized at all i I mean really speaking of which nintendo and staffing company ashton carter have reached a settlement with the former qa worker who filed a complaint with the national labor relations board earlier this year Um, mackenzie clifton had alleged that nintendo and ashton carter fired them for, quote, supporting a labor union. The settlement includes about $26,000 in back pay, damages, and interest for Clifton, and Nintendo must post a notice for 60 consecutive days. Uh, they have to email it out to their employees and post it on-site at its office, informing its QA workers of their rights under the National Labor Relations Act. Um, that actually seems like a, a, a pretty low settlement for um, for Nintendo there, right? Yeah, I I don't know. Twenty six k for for back pay damages and interest. Like, so my understanding is that the National Labor Relations Board they they can't issue like fines uh, or anything okay. like that. Um, and so I don't know exactly what uh mechanisms they have at their disposal for uh, uh enforcement. Yeah, of the law, but um, I also don't know enough about like the uh, uh how. Yeah, like why they settled on that about. 
I don't yeah. know. I mean, it, it, I, to, to me, to me, it reads that, well, I don't know. I, I, I was going to just start speculating and what's the point of that. Um, but yeah, I, I, other than just to note that uh, 26K is, is a fairly low settlement, I, I think. And then a second labor charge against the two companies that was filed in August is still pending. So that doesn't close this one, that one out. Labor stuff, labor stuff, labor stuff. Um, Mark, I know you and I aren't big Bayonetta fan. I'm kind of looping this all back into the uh, the Bayonetta story as well. Um, uh, we're not big Bayonetta fans, so you and I were likely going to sit out the new game anyway. How do you feel about her like calling people to to boycott the game? I, uh, to be completely honest, like I don't really have an opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that is her like leveraging her whatever power she has there. Right. Um. But yeah, it's uh, you know, I'm yeah, I just uh, it's, I mean, go get them right, <laughs> like assist, fight, fight the power however you can, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's uh, I feel like I'm in a uh, privileged position of not having really to make a choice here, as I probably wasn't going to buy the game anyway. Um, but I am sympathetic to the people who want to both vote with their wallet and uh, play the game at the same time. Um. Yeah, that's it. That's that's my piece about it. This Friday, a mainline Persona game finally makes it to a Nintendo console with the release of Persona 5 Royal on Switch. And in, in an interview with Famitsu, as translated by Persona Central, series producer Shinji Yamamoto talked a little bit about the port, saying, quote, We've made some very detailed adjustments. We optimized the number of the pieces of debris that blow away for each model, <laughs> elements like effects, number of projectiles, etc. Sega was in charge of the development of the remaster, not just matching the resolution to the console. It was a very meaningful project. Multi-platform development isn't easy. This was my first porting project, and I didn't realize how hard it, <laughs> how hard it would be. Video game development, hard. Yeah. Uh, interesting that Sega, uh, who is the the parent company of Atlas, which uh, created the original Persona 5 Royal, is uh, took over development duties here. It doesn't seem like... And there was another studio that did the Switch port of Catherine that was released a while back. Yes. So it doesn't seem like Atlas has the capacity or the desire to do a lot of these ports in-house. Um, it'll be interesting to see who helped out with the uh, Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden releases when those come out in January. Further, it'll be interesting to see how well they run, right? Like, um, for whatever reason, I wasn't really taking that into consideration, uh, much like uh, Yamamoto here, of uh, that it would be, like, difficult or tricky to make these sorts of ports over to to the Switch. Um, you know, the Persona, the original Persona 5 released on PlayStation 3. So, like... Uh, uh, PlayStation 4. Wasn't it 3 and 4? I don't think so. Or I guess maybe. I'm, I'm, yeah, that could be true. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a, a cross-generational uh, release. That's crazy that, that was, it was so long ago that the 3 would still be a viable... You might be right. That just seems... Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Um. But so, you know, that's... uh. It, it's... Yeah, you're right. It was yeah, PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. Um. Yeah, which, you know, obviously things change in uh, Persona 5 Royal and uh, the, the versions that are going out on, you know, other platforms. It's You know, it's also going to be on Xbox uh, uh, Xbox One X. Um, so, like, that's 
definitely going to be a a better performing version of it than will appear uh, on Switch. But it's just uh, interesting to think that like they had to make some sort of concessions to make it run on Switch when the original game was running on the PlayStation 3. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting that in his quote, he specifically says it's not just matching the resolution of the console. It's right. not just like a dial that they turned down to be like, <laughs> make it a little muddier so it runs on Switch. I mean, uh, it's also true that they wouldn't be able to just like port the PlayStation 3 version over, right? Because that's uh, the architecture of that system is so specific and uh, wonky that like porting from it is very difficult. That is so crazy that, I mean, I guess it makes sense because I was just looking at it and the original Persona 5 originally came out in 2016. Yeah. Whoa. It's wild. Could the original Bravely Default be in line for a remaster? We don't know. But the (laughs) the series is celebrating its 10th anniversary and Square Enix has been holding a number of events to commemorate the milestone. And during a live stream event, producer Tomoya Asano showed off a high-resolution version of the first game's opening movie and said, quote, Over the past 10 years, our team has grown larger and our capacity has increased. Looking at the opening movie of Bravely Default Flying Fairy, I feel like announcing a remaster of Bravely Default Flying Fairy would be the best possible thing and something fans would desire. But for now, I'm unfortunately unable to announce anything like that. For now, let's just say. What? Is this dude teasing? <laughs> I mean, like, what, 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 what is happening here? <laughs> I guess it's just, uh, you know, uh, the like ever tinkering. Like, we could be ready to uh, announce this as soon as someone gives us the green light to I like mean, work on it. It sounds to me like they're doing it, and they're just not ready to make an official yeah, announcement. Yeah, yet. yeah, possible. Uh, he also, but I mean, in that same live stream, he also talked about how it would be challenging to bring those first two games from the 3DS to modern hardware since they used AR and Street Pass pretty heavily, apparently, which uh, I had no idea. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I, I wonder, they can say that they used it very heavily, but it also makes me, like, is that what people liked about it? Was that, like, necessary to, wh- that's it, basically, is was that what people actually enjoyed about the game or lifting it, would that right? Be yeah. Fine? Yeah, I mean... RIP Street Pass, but the AR aspect of the Nintendo 3DS, like, I never think about ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, go with God, rest in peace. Like, I don't, I, it's it's a part of the 3DS that uh, is novel, but like, yeah, I don't never need to see that again. Yeah, I never used it. Yeah. Did you ever, so you never did the thing where, like, with the deck of cards that they give you? It's not a deck, but it's like a small pack of cards and you can, like, place them on the table and, no. like, see a little monster running around uh-uh. on it. I mean, I remember them advertising that, right. but I, I don't remember ever doing it myself. I probably still have those cards. We will break out my 3DS after this and, <laughs> and enjoy them for the first time. Toem, the black and white photo adventure game, is getting a one year anniversary update, Woo! In- including a brand new region to explore. Uh, Basto sure. is the b- game's biggest region yet and will be available as part of a free update to the S- Steam version of the game on October 16th and on Switch soon after. So October 16th, we have obviously now passed. That was last Sunday. Uh, and again, we are recording on Saturday. So um, d- I don't know if this is already out on Switch now. Uh, as soon as it comes to Switch, I'm totally going to play it. I really liked Toem. Um, and uh, like at the time, I appreciated how short it was. But if I have an excuse to go back and like play a little bit more... Happy to do it. And remind me how Toem played. So Toem plays like, uh, in some ways, it's very Captain Toad-esque, right? That you're in these little, um, like, diorama-esque uh, 
areas uh, and you're just you're tasked with taking uh, pictures of certain things in a world that you explore kind of in whatever order you want. Uh, so like you're picking up some items and like using some of them to solve puzzles, uh, but mostly you're just taking pictures of things that you encounter uh, as you go. It's a, you know, a, a violence-less game um, and none of the puzzles are like overly difficult. It's just a chill world to explore and take pictures of. Another update from last week, uh, pre-orders for the Splatoon 3 Amiibo, which are due out November 11th, went live on Best Buy briefly, and we talked about, we speculated what the price of the each Amiibo was going to be. Yes. Turns out it was $16.99, and uh, the pre-orders are no longer available. No longer available. They sold out, but there's no, I, I think it's just Best Buy that they went live at yes. so far, so no word if other retailers are going to put them up for uh, pre-order, so keep your eyes peeled. If, if that is interested. something that interests you. I mean, also, it's possible that Best Buy does a second round of pre-orders. Like, that's that's all possible, right? Did you and did you pre-order yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I I, I, I shared the, uh, the the tweet in our Discord. Uh-huh. Um, and it would have happened two minutes sooner had I not been furiously <laughs> pre-ordering them myself before sharing it with everyone else. Uh, finally, I believe I even, uh, I, uh, Sarah was putting like dinner on the table and I was like, hold on, I'll be there in a second. <laughs> I was busy. Uh, finally, another update from last week is the Super Bar- Mario Brothers movie, a musical. I love this. So recall the evidence from last week, mm-hmm. Jack Black at New York Comic Con saying, quote, well, you know, I did bring some of my heavy metal roots because in a way Bowser is kind of like a heavy metal rock star. You know, a big, strong, and scary rock star. And I did a little bit of rocking. I think you'll be surprised to see that Bowser has a musical side. I'm thinking after the movie comes out, I'm taking it to Broadway. There might be a one-man show. So at the, last week, we were like, he's probably the oh, figurative ha, ha, language. Ha, ha, Jack Black. Yeah. We can never let him down, so we must uh, we must embrace whatever he's saying here. But, but new evidence. Yes. Keegan-Michael Key... The voice of Toad said in an interview with Variety, quote, I got to improvise a song in Super Mario Brothers, which was an absolute blast. That was just a stick of fun, that whole thing. Um, so first of all, apologies to Keegan-Michael Keefe to referring to him solely as the voice of Toad. <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> but relevant to the conversation. Uh-huh. Okay, Mark, now we have, uh, we have examples here of two different voice actors saying they sang songs for this movie. Are we about to see a musical? Is it a jukebox musical? <laughs> My, my like strange sin- magic. My sincerest worry. I, I mean, I was thinking like Sing, oh, like sure. like the Sing movies, sure. yeah. also from Illumination. Or is it original songs about Mario? Uh huh. Or is it just that Jack Black uh, ends up singing a song? Keegan Michael Key ends up singing, uh, you know, like a, a Toad gathering. You know, like right? Because the fact that he says that he improvised, improvised yeah. a song makes me think like, okay, maybe you know they're walking through the Mushroom Kingdom. And he's absentmindedly singing to himself. So I, I feel like uh, still unclear. Still unclear. But that's two that's quotes two. in two weeks. Right. So if next week Chris Pratt comes out and says, I trained, you know, like in uh, opera right. to be able to maybe that's, perform a Maybe that's number. the Mario voice that he was hyping up all those months ago. That's right. His Mario singing voice. <laughs> that's right. I mean, honestly, 
because you got to remember Charlie Day is also in this thing. Uh, so he also has like a, a musical and like improv music background. If we, I don't know why they bother making a Mario movie. If they could just make a Jack Black, Charlie Day, and Keegan-Michael Key improvise a musical, like that's going to be better than whatever the Mario movie is going to be, right? I'd pay to see it. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. I'm, I'm not doing this well today. <laughs> Mark, let's get out of the news. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else where they tolerate musical mess-ups. Uh, <laughs> that helps us out tremendously when, when you share this thing. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. Uh, there's also a fake Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo, and our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apepetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. <laughs>